Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. Today we're speaking to Jess. She's my favorite cousin, starting with a J. She owns a Beagle. She's a secondary teacher, head of year seven, and just opened a cafe. It's kind of a big deal. So Jess, welcome to Her Daily Drive. Thanks, Sarah. To help us get to know you a little bit better, what are three go-to essentials that you've been loving lately? I feel like this was the worst part to prepare for, for this whole interview, because there are a million things I'm obsessed with. My go-to at the end of the day, when I'm forced to go out at nighttime after being at a whole day of work and I couldn't be bothered to like shower and redo my entire face, is just throwing on a bit of blush and mascara and I feel like it just looks totally fresh and I'm ready to go. My second go-to is a pair of black boots that I wear literally every single day. So I have to get a new pair every year because because I just destroy them. My last go-to would be when I have a day at home alone, which is like the dream. (laughs) My my husband's just watching me angry. Brad's just here being like, no, I'm the dream. (laughs) I love a bit of alone time. I take our little speaker outside and put jazz music on and paint. And like, I'm not a painter and I never did art or anything, but... I recently just thought, you know, my bucket list is to do a painting for our house and it's not of anything, like I can't do any landscape or anyone's face, but I just splodge paint around on a canvas and it's so therapeutic and it's so fun and my husband's actually hung them so they can't be that awful. They look amazing. Honestly, you'd think you did art. (laughs) Great, excellent. Jess, can you tell us a bit about your journey so far? My journey is probably similar to your journey. I think that a few people have shared on her daily drive about a story that's similar to mine in that I was raised by Christian parents and very strong Christians, my parents are. In a really good way, their parenting style meant that they were overtly Christian to us all the time. So I often saw my mum reading her Bible. I often saw my dad reading theological books. And a lot of our car rides places were them discussing different things about God and their own journeys. And I feel like that's been really good for all of us kids, just being exposed to what it is like to live a proper Christian life every single day, all the time. And so that's part of what helped me in my journey as I grew up, because I always had that awareness of God and that awareness of letting God permeate your life, which meant that as I was like growing up, there wasn't really a time that I would say I strayed away from God. I never dated lots of boys. I didn't go you out You dated drink. one boy, correct? Yes. Yeah. I, married him. I dated one guy and married him. And I feel like it's totally fine to date people and not marry them. But even going through high school, my theory was this boy's really cute, but if I'm going to marry him, he'll be around when I'm 19 or he'll be around when I'm 20 and he can actually take me on a date and drive me somewhere. And so my whole life, I just relied on that, just thinking, God will give me a man at some stage and I'll just wait. There's just been a lot of things in my life where I've had that same mentality. Um, Even with my career, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but people had always said that I should do teaching. And so I graduated and did study for that. And then I actually studied as a primary teacher. And while I was studying, I thought that I wanted to change and do secondary. But when I consulted the university coordinator, she was really confused as to why I want to change and apparently no one had ever wanted to change that way before and so they said I have to redo the entire degree and I wasn't really willing to throw another four years 
away to get there. So I just finished my degree and then God just gave me a secondary teaching job. So I feel like watching my parents always live such a God-focused life helped me to do that and protected me from a lot of things that people my age went through that I didn't have to endure. But it also meant that I had to develop my own relationship with God. And I think that's that probably took place as I, I graduated high school and joined a new church with a lot of young people who were experiencing a similar se- season of their faith. And so I grew along, alongside them and alongside my siblings. And I've come to a point where I'm happy in my relationship with God and I am very strongly committed to following what he wants to do in the same way that I feel my parents modeled to me. Mm -hmm. And I really do thank them and appreciate their example and what that did for me. What topic are you going to share with us today? Today we're talking about friendships. This is such a cool topic. I'm actually so excited for you to share this with us. Why is it important that we talk about friendships in today's society? I think there are two reasons why this topic is really important at the moment. I think the first one is that we live in a consumerist society that actually is reflected in our relationships as well as the things that we just generally consume. Like we buy lots of disposable things. If you even think about our cameras now, we can take a photo, review it, delete it, take it again. But back in the day when we had these disposable cameras, you didn't even know if you got everyone's face in it until it was developed. (laughs) And so... Everything was like kept and protected, whereas now everything's just disposed of. Mm. Clothing, people used to like re-sew buttons on. I don't re-sew anything. Like no, if the button rips, I just go and replace it. Yeah. And I've noticed that people are doing that with their friendships as well, because we have this really vast selection of people where we think that they're our friends. So even if you look at your Facebook, go to your Facebook and look at the number of friends you've got. Is friends the right word for that list? Because <laughs> probably not acquaintances or maybe like people, you know, coincidental occurrences. You've run into Mm. them once or you've met them once. And then at the time you're like, add me on Facebook. I saw you at that camp that one time. And it's just this random group of people that kind of lulls us into this false sense of security where we think I've got 500 options here. And so people are consuming friends. If your friend does something to you that frustrates you, you're like, you're out. Who's the next one in line? And you've just got this list of friends that you're going to choose from. And it's all about whether or not you make me happy and whether or not this friendship brings joy to my life. And friendship should bring joy, but there's more to it than that. And I think the second reason why it's really important is because I've noticed how terrible some friendships are and how shallow they are. I've spoken to other girls and they'll be sharing a story with me about something that's happened and they'll recount some advice that they've been given and I'll just be thinking what the heck who told you to do that I feel like that's the worst advice I've ever heard or I'll be sitting in a group of three or four and one girl will be explaining something that happened to her and a situation where she felt really victimized and while she's telling the story you can hear why the the other person reacted to them that way and you can see the wrong that they've played in it but by the time the friend finishes recounting the story everyone in the circle is going oh oh that's awful and I'm sitting there thinking which one of you is going to say oh, that actually really sucks. But also I think that you shouldn't have called her this or Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have jumped down her throat so quickly. Like no one's actually helping each other. They're just providing them with some sort of like sounding board, but no actual responses where you say back, I'm not sure if that was the wisest decision or maybe you could have thought about this or think about the way they felt in this situation. And I think that's what friendships are supposed to do. But we're not doing that. Because of the whole like thing, right? Like, I feel like it's like, I just want to be liked. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we do live in a society where people are really nervous about 
saying something that people might take offense to. Mm. They don't feel confident to be able to share their actual thoughts. They'll take those thoughts and go and tell someone else. That's not helpful you telling the other girl. You need to tell that friend. I actually think there was another way you could have gone about that. But we have to be actual friends for each other, not just shallow acquaintances, not just liking everything on Facebook and liking everything they say, but being a real friend and going deeper than that and being willing to actually share true thoughts and be a bit bold in, in, the, in what you share with those friends, I think is really important. And we're lacking that in today's society. Jess, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you about this is because I look at your life and I've known you for a very long time. The way you look at friendships is exceptional. So can you tell us a bit of an experience that you've had with friends and friendship in general? I think looking at the relationships I've formed and maintained, I compare myself to other people and I see differences. And the only reason why that comparison starts is because people make comments to me about friendships, which is kind of what you're saying. The relationships or some of the relationships I do have are exceptional in some ways. And it's not necessarily my doing that has resulted in this, but it is a blessing that I've been able to share. And I think that starts with the length of relationships and longevity, which is what I was talking about before with this consumerist society, that we don't have this longevity anymore. And I think that's what my experience has been. I've been to a few hens parties and I've been to a few bridal showers and weddings and things. And often at weddings, I'll observe the bridal party. And I always find it so intriguing when I see bridal parties where there are friends who are on that list as a bridesmaid who haven't known the bride for very long. And that surprises me because my bridal party was people, four people that I've known my entire life. Every one of you, like you were one of my bridesmaids and then three other girls I've known my entire life. And that's because I have these really long standing friendships, but I've observed in other people that some people, their longest friendship they've ever had is like five years. So I wonder what happened to the people that you knew when you were 20 What happened to the people that you knew when you were 15 or the people that your parents kind of forced you to be friends with when you were three? Where did those relationships go? And sometimes those relationships just naturally fell away, whether you didn't have similar interests or something that caused it to you to go in different directions. But other times I've noticed people burning bridges where Mm. a friend has done something to them that they didn't like. And rather than persevering or telling them, I don't like the way you do this, they've thrown the friendship away. And at the time, it's felt like a good solution because it's an easy solution. But I think that the easiest isn't the best because you set yourself up as a particular type of person with a particular type of response in situations. Mm -hmm. And for me, I want my response to be a gracious response. And I also want my response to be perseverance because I think your friendships, they say a lot about your other relationships. And I think about my marriage and how important it is to me that my husband and I don't just throw things away, that we don't just push things under the under the bridge, that we don't just avoid things. I think it's so important that in a marriage you persevere. And so I think if we're saying we're Christian women who are looking to have a successful Christian marriage, then we need to be Christian women who can have a successful Christian friendship and be able to love girls, even if there are times where they've actually really caused us a lot of pain or frustrated us and those sorts of things. And so my experience has been one of perseverance and one of grace. The other thing that I th- has been one of my experiences with friendships is that it was probably when I was 18 or 19 or so, I had this realization that 
girls weren't being great friends for each other and we were being a bit lazy and just not really caring about each other enough to draw the hard line sometimes. And I was in a social situation and one of my friends did something which I knew she actually wouldn't be proud of. And she wasn't drunk or anything, like we were just out for lunch, but I just knew (laughs) that she wouldn't be happy with what she'd said. And I was really nervous about bringing it up with her, but I felt like God had said, if you're going to be a good friend, you need to help her cross this bridge and go with her. And so I prayed hardcore into it. And I was just like, Lord, please, because I didn't want to burn a bridge with my friend and I didn't want to offend her. And it wasn't about offending her or telling her how good I was. It was just about saying, hey, I know you and I feel like you wouldn't have been proud of what you said that day. And so I prayed so much into it. And she's not even a Christian girl. And I met up with her and we were just having coffee and the conversation naturally came about. And that's that was what I knew was my sign from God that it was okay to say something because I had said to him, I'm meeting with her today. If it doesn't come up, I'm not saying it because she's not ready. You make her bring it up when she's ready. And God did that. And I just explained to her when the other day when we were there, this happened. And I was shocked by her reaction. She's not a Christian, but she was so appreciative. Like she said to me, you are such a good friend. I can't believe what I said. You're so right. I shouldn't have said that. I don't want to be that person. And she really, really appreciated my willingness to go out of my comfort zone and say that because I'm very non-confrontational. That's my personality type. And so ever since then, I'm like, oh my gosh, people actually want to be better people. Like everyone wants to be loved. You don't want to be tolerated. You want to be loved. And we have this world where everyone says, just tolerate it. I don't want to be tolerated. I want my friends to like me. I want my friends to be around me. And if I'm doing something that makes them not want to do that, I'd rather know about it and fix it than go through my life having everyone talk about me behind my back and be annoying. God says to us that iron sharpens iron. It's in Proverbs. And that means iron is hard and it's rough and it does cause a bit of pain sometimes, but it sharpens. And at the end of the day, friendships are designed to grow us to be more Christ-like. And we need to be willing to actually embrace that and be a good friend to one another even receive that as well. If you're going to enter into a deep friendship where you are willing to tell your friend if they've done something that they wouldn't be proud of, you know they're going to be telling you stuff that you've done. There's, it's just a fact. You are also doing things that people are frustrated by and you're also embarrassing yourself and making rude comments or acting in a way that isn't becoming of a woman of God. And so you need to be willing to receive that graciously, not getting up on your high horse, not getting defensive. You need to be open to be challenged as well. That entire iron sharpens iron thing is nothing without prayer. If you go in guns blazing, you will burn your bridge and you will ruin your friendship. This is about deepening a friendship and growing yourself into more of a Christ-like person. It is not about being right and correcting everyone on every little thing they've done wrong. Because there's those people too. (laughs) Yes. And you can't be all about being righteous and just letting you know this is a problem. That's not helpful. You need to be really prayerful about it and it needs to be completely God-led and they need to be open. You know if a friend is open or not. Do not go and attack people because Mm. you think you're right. We see lots and lots of different things in people that we know is not God honoring or is not what they would like to be. It's not about picking up on a big list of things that are wrong with your friend. They're aware of things. It's about being helpful in a situation when it arises. What's God's perspective on friendship? Well, it's very clear in the Bible that God never designed us to be alone. It's very clear with Adam and Eve, even Jesus's journey on earth, he had people around him all the time. There's never been a time where we're supposed to be living entirely alone. 
And the first relationship that's most important, of course, is your relationship with God. Jesus moved away from people to go and pray. And that's where we all need to be at. You need to have a solid relationship with God because he knows that that friendship is the ultimate friendship. But as well, God values unity and he values relationships of depth and he values encouragement and us relying on each other and supporting each other. All of those features of a friendship, God's saying, persevere. When challenges arise, persevere. When it's a time of joy, persevere. He prioritizes perseverance. Never once does he tell someone, it's too hard, give up. That's (laughs) never been said in the Bible anywhere. Even Jesus was saying, take this cup from me. And God said, persevere, because that's what he expects of us. If we practice that perseverance in our friendships, then when we have other relationships, like difficult relationships in families and colleagues and relationships with husbands or wives will be able to persevere in those. And it's so, so important that we set that up at a young age, that we're willing to make it work and mend things. Probably the hardest conversations are the ones where you apologize. The stupid thing is you feel like your whole demeanor and your whole mind is taken up with this conversation that's coming up where you're panicked, you're really nervous about it. But as soon as the conversation is done, you feel so free. And you feel so forgiven and refreshed. But for some reason, it's the conversation that freaks us out most when the conversation's the solution. We need to be willing to apologize, especially if we're calling someone out Mm. on something that we shouldn't. But also receiving those things and then moving on with our friendships in a fresh new way and thanking people. If someone comes and challenges you, a, a friend of yours challenges you, receive that with thanks because... There's a verse, I actually wrote this verse down, Proverbs as well, that says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise for the rest of your life. Mm. So true. We need to be like drinking in friendships and advice and relationships with people so that we can actually grow. Because do you not want to be known as being wise? Like, don't you want to get to being like 40 years old and have young girls coming and saying to you, can I interview you for my podcast? Because you have so much wisdom to share. Mm. We all want to be that person that's worth interviewing. But if we're not willing to put in the effort and actually grow, then we're not going to be progressing. We're not going to become more Christ-like. It actually requires iron being sharpened. And we have to be willing to accept that and embrace it as a part of our friendships. Have there been Bible verses or inspiring stories that inspired you along this journey? There are a lot of stories in the Bible about sharing the load with people and carrying each other's yoke. And I think those things just very clearly talk about friendship. God wants us to share our burdens with each other and he wants us to help carry other people's burdens. And that's all we're really asking in this friendship and perseverance topic. You're just required to share with people when you're struggling and then carry someone's burden when they're struggling and be willing to be a proper friend to someone. So it takes, yeah, just being deeper and actually acknowledging that depth of relationship makes a huge difference. And you'll notice the change in the way you guys love each other. It's a huge difference and it's a huge blessing. Jess, just to quickly add a question that isn't usually on her daily drive, but because I actually do admire your friendships that you build and how you build those for a lifelong friendship, essentially, what's your thoughts behind when you meet someone? Because you're always that person that will be have a coffee date plan with a friend or you have a breakfast plan with girlfriends, but you're not afraid to invite the new person into the group. How Can you talk into that a little bit? My theory is that everybody has good qualities mm. and everybody has bad qualities. Just a fact. And you have to look for the good qualities in everyone. And I think you don't get a chance to see those unless you make an effort with them. And so I'm very much about inclusion and bringing new people together and growing friendships there. And so if somebody hears about 
a breakfast that I've suggested, I would much rather invite that person along than make them feel like they weren't allowed to come. And it's really easy to not invite them. And that's sometimes it's actually like they don't really need to come, but it's, I think it's important to make people feel special. And if you can do something that makes someone feel like they're valuable, then I think you need to take that opportunity because especially if you're seeing a friend that you know really well, you're going to see that friend again. It's just one time or it's just two times. And I think if you're catching up with someone you haven't seen for like three years, you might want to keep that a bit more exclusive (laughs) because you might have some really deep discussion to get into or something. But when you've got an opportunity to make someone's day, take it. Why are we not taking those opportunities? Why are we so holding everything so close to our chest? That's the thing is I feel like so often these days it's like, no, I'm seeing my friends. These are my friends. I'm not going to hang out with or add that new person that I just met. But that's essentially not what Christ would have done. No. Well, what's the point? What are you actually gaining in doing that? If you think about it, if you step back and actually analyze the situation, what value is there in excluding someone else when you could just make their day? Like there are people who don't have great friendships and you know who they are when you come across them in life. Mm. And imagine just saying to that person, I'm catching up with a girl for coffee tomorrow. Do you want to come? That makes their whole week. God was all about the individual. He wasn't out there publicly talking about specific social justice things and saying like, you big group of people need to go over there and do this. He was saying, love your neighbor, do to others as you would have them do to you. All specific instructions about how it is that you can actually make an impact in one person in your life today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what our call is as Christian women. People talk about the role of women in society. You know what? Your role is to love the person next to you in the best way that you can. And that will look different for every person. So there is no big strict role except to love each other just as God asks us to. And I think sometimes that means inviting someone that might even annoy you but just making their day and showing them that they have value because they do. I love that. I love how inclusive you are in your life. It's so great. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? I think just to summarize a few of the things we've talked about today would be beneficial. The first one is you need to receive criticism with grace. This criticism should only be coming from really close friends of yours that you've deepened your relationship with and committed to growing each other together. And so if they do offer something that might be offensive to you or difficult to hear, you need to take that away and pray about it. My sister once said something to me and I felt really offended at the time. She just said, just go and pray about it. And you, you might find out that what I'm saying is actually has value. And I did. I actually feel like that was the most important part. So if you are hearing something that's offensive, say to that friend, I feel like I'm arcing up against this, but I'm going to pray about it because I want to know if there's value in it and then walk away. And you can actually let God do the work then. Secondly, if you are offering some sort of challenge to someone that needs to come prayerfully because you will ruin friendships and offend people. If you aren't letting God do the work, he will prepare their heart. He will allow them to receive it. So you need to make sure that you're allowing that. And this is Christian to Christian that you need to be growing your girls to be Christ-like because you want to be more Christ-like. Do them the courtesy of loving them through prayer. Third thing is be bold sometimes in conversation and offering a Jesus perspective. If a girl is complaining about something where she should have probably done something different, you need to be willing to be bold there and say an alternative perspective that I think potentially you could have and fill in the blank there because that's really important that we are actually good friends and help our girls grow and change the way that they think or behave or react in different situations. And then you need to accept people for who they are. 
some people are really annoying <laughs> and some people have really aggressive opinions and some people are really confrontational and some people are just the opposite of you. You will come across all of those types of people. And I think one of the main things I've done is make sure that it doesn't matter who they are or which category of those they fit into. I love them anyway and I invest into the quality that I can handle. And so I embrace the one perspective that we do have in common. I think that's really important because if you expect people to love you, you need to love them. I spoke to God about this once because there was someone in my life which I was struggling to deal with. And at the time I kept praying, like, I'm going to see her today, really help me, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like God said, stop asking me that. I don't need to help you with that. You just need to love her. And I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> and during that time, he said to me, the best way to love someone is to pray for them. So I stopped praying, help me with her and started praying, bless her. And it literally changed my perspective of her in 24 hours. I was shocked because I thought about her like every day, just was frustrated with her. And then after 24 hours, it's like, I hadn't even thought about her at all. And it had completely transformed the way I thought about the situation. I have no issues at all. I don't even consider her difficult or even slightly concerning to me at all. And it's all you have to do is pray for them, pray for God to bless them. And it transforms your entire mindset because the way to love someone is to pray for them. Francine Rivers actually talks about that. And I've done the exact same thing in the past with a friend of mine that was, we had a bit of a falling out. And it's true. When you actually start to pray about the blessing, it doesn't necessarily have to change them. It changes you. Exactly. And that's all that's expected of you. Mm. The final thought I have is with friendships, that you have with people that you don't see very often or you've lost contact with over a long period of time or you've tried to contact them and they haven't responded to you, how do you deal with that? And my advice in that situation is to always keep a gracious heart and the lines of communication open. So if you send a text message and get no response, do not become embittered. Don't be angry. You need to think the best of people. Usually people are trying to do the right thing. So if they haven't responded to you, you need to give them the benefit of the doubt that they might be enduring something at the moment and their mind is elsewhere, or they just didn't get a chance to reply to you or life took over. So then when you run into them at the shops, hug them, smile at them, say hello, ask how they are. I'd love to catch up. Don't give them the cold shoulder as proof that you're angry that they didn't reply to your text message because people don't deserve that. You need to be constantly an example of Jesus all the time, whether they're reciprocating or not. And I guarantee that will take its toll on them. And one day they will reflect on the good friend that you always were, despite their flakiness. Mm. So it's about being strong in who you are, showing integrity in that way. And just let God do the rest of the work because he can actually use you in that situation to make an impact for the kingdom just because Mm. you were okay, but no one replied to your message. And I think that's really important as well. Jess, thank you so much for chatting to us today on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to... Let me hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's great to be encouraged and inspired to kind of spur one another on as Christian women. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Right Just now? say thanks. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, no, okay, it's going to be great. Okay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel like I should say mine again. Okay. Okay. Jess, thank you so much for chatting to us today on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to spur one another on in this mission of having great friendships that are Christ-centered. It's my pleasure and thanks for having me. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week. Ah.